0: You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, a faith community that welcomes, affirms, and protects the light in each human heart, listens deeply to where love is calling us next, and with humility, courage, and compassion, works to create a more just world. To learn more, visit us at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
1: Good morning. good morning. Ooh, that was pretty good. My name is Ashley, and I am one of the ministers among you this morning. Before I bring you words of welcome from Dr. Glenn Thomas, who's taking some much deserved time of Sabbath this weekend, I just want to pull back the curtain for a moment on the comedy of errors that brings you this morning's worship service. In the past few days, your worship leadership team has collectively managed the death of an extended family member, a positive COVID test of a wife, a positive flu test of another wife, yes, this whole team has wives, sick kids, sick kids, don't miss that one, a shuffling of staffing internally around all kinds of roles. Thank you, Dan, for being here to play the piano this morning. and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) But seriously, as Allison, our interim director of children, youth, and family ministry said on our worship leader's text thread yesterday, as we came up with contingency plan number 408, (laughs) I feel like we are being punked, (laughs) which is when Reverend Arif chimed in with his characteristic pastoral wisdom and basically preach the whole service in a text. (laughs) This is Stone Soup Sunday. You guys know that story? Stone Soup? Yeah, where everyone brings something seemingly insignificant to make something delicious. So he continued, this is an amazing opportunity to invite the congregation deeper into the practice of creating worship together. Stone Soup isn't about the performance or the consumption. It's about the community and the creation. We've been leading toward this conclusion all month. Not to mention, what a great teaching opportunity for noticing and learning about what happens in our bodies when things don't go as we had planned. Where do we turn in times of stress? What can we practice together? as you, and he meant me, set up for us two weeks ago, if we all bring our ancient equivalent of protein bars, we can not only feed everyone, but have enough leftover to share with each other. (sighs) There was the worship service in a nutshell. This morning, despite all the world's demands and all the things that didn't go as our little control-seeking minds wanted, we are here. Or wherever you're watching from, I don't know, you're online. We are here to offer our own ingredients to the soup. We have time to offer our talents, our prayers, our blessings, our voices, our financial gifts, and our love to this thing we call church with a number of offerings this morning. So, welcome to Stone Soup Church. And here is the call to offering that was planned. I mean, not offering, we're not there yet. I almost skipped ahead. Call to worship that was planned. Tempted to panic, over where we've wound up or where we've yet to arrive, we are choosing to calm down, to unify our hearts, to circle our spirits around the call of love. We are giving isolation a break and resting for a while in the warmth of community and common purpose. We are putting down our hidden weapons. We are picking up the courage to tell the truth to each other, to look each other in the eye and love with an infectious, unexempting love. We are getting serious about joy and laughter, and singing, and kindness, and unity, because within them lies more power to change the world for good than division could ever hold. We mean to mean something to this day, which has come to mean life for us. Welcome. First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. If you have come expecting perfection, I encourage you to change your mind. But if you have come to find a place with a people who want to build a church where no one is too young, too old, too queer, too hetero, too black, too brown to matter, too white to get woke, too wealthy, too poor, too disabled to lead our common journey, too ineloquent to have a voice, too timid to make a difference that shakes the status quo, then you have found just the place. Love is alive here, born from the seeds of attention and time and growing in our hearts and hands. And our love is excited to make room for every single one of us here and beyond. Come, let us celebrate. Let us choose the truth and joy. Let us comfort and keep each other for a while. And may the power of what we realize in this hour, or hour and 15 minutes, come to heal. You didn't laugh at that. Come on, people. (laughs) come and heal and inspire us, put all our pettiness to sleep, and awaken in us the fullness of our compassion instead. Let us take three meaningful breaths now to arrive fully in this space. Astrid, will you join me to light our chalice? Thank you. Let us speak our chalice lighting words together now. L- love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant. Dwell in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help.
2: good morning morning. so good to be with you all this morning stone soup Sunday it's a favorite we come back to it because it always teaches us something new we're gonna start this morning with one of our classics it also teaches us something new every time oh we give thanks I invite you to stand as you feel comfortable and uh, let's sing together for you're going to do it the first time we sing it and the last time we sing it Be seated. I invite children and youth to come forward. If you're up in the balcony, you can come on down if you'd like. We're going to make a soup together, and I need help. So if you could come forward and help me make a soup, that would be awesome. I also welcome adult volunteers to help me make a soup. Come on, let's make a soup. Yeah, let's make a soup together. Sit up here, sit wherever. Thank you, thank you. Got some volunteers coming to make a soup. Thank you, my soup-making volunteers. Thank you, folks coming on down. So I have to tell you a story, a story that happened right on the steps of First Universalist Church. Once upon a time, a woman walked into Minneapolis. And she was carrying a huge bag. And she walked all the way to the steps of First Universalist Church. And she sat down on the steps and she said, I'm going to make a soup. And so she pulled something huge out of her bag. What could it be? Pot. She pulled this huge pot out of her bag. Can I have a volunteer to move the pot up there? So we can see it better. Anybody, can anybody grab this pot and move it up there? Thank you. She pulled this huge pot out of her bag. And then, perfect. And then she started building a fire. Now, she did this very safely. There was lots of water around. It was not a burn ban. (laughs) She stacked her logs and her kindling. She struck a match, and she started a fire under this pot. She said, I'm going to make a soup Out of
3: stones,
2: oh, out of these stones right here. Can I have a volunteer to put these stones in the pot for me? Yes. Drop them very dramatically and loudly, one by one. (laughs) That's exactly how she did it. She She dropped her stones in the pot. But at this time in Minneapolis, there was a famine. Everybody was starving. There was not enough food. Nobody had food. That's not exactly true. Nobody knew that anybody else had food. But some people had like a a vegetable squirreled away in their closet or a couple scraps of protein somewhere. But it wasn't enough for a full meal and they were so worried that if they told anybody they had these pieces of food that someone else would take it and they wouldn't have any anymore. Now, when this woman came into Minneapolis and she said, I'm making a soup out of stones, everyone was so hungry. And so they came to the soup and she said, I'm going to share the soup with everybody. There's going to be enough soup for all of us to have some. I'm going to share it. But as she started making her soup with stones, she was kind of looking around the people there and she said, hmm, this soup would be so much better with a tomato. Does anybody... I wish we had a tomato. And somebody said, oh, I've got a tomato. I've got a tomato. I bet I can go find a tomato. And they went to their house and they got a tomato and they put it in a pot. Now, can I have a volunteer to come up and put? Yes. Would you like to put this tomato in this pot? And then she said the same thing again. She said, oh, it would be so much better with an onion. With an onion. Can I get a volunteer to come put an onion? Is there an onion? Yeah, this little guy. Yeah. Put an onion an onion in the pot, oh my gosh, it's starting to smell delicious, and, and would you like to, a, a corn? She said it would be so much better if we had corn. Someone said, oh, I bet I have some corn. I bet I have some corn. Can I get volunteers to put all the rest of these vegetables in the pot one at a time, one at a time, and yell out what it is as you're putting it in the pot. What are you bringing? Corn. corn. There's some corn going in the pot. A carrot. A carrot's going in the pot. A cucumber. A cucumber's going in the pot. A, pepper. a pepper's going in the pot. You going to bring something and put it in the pot? Yeah. Yummy peach soup. A peach is going in the pot. This is a first, folks. I love it. Oh, delicious. Getting some eggplant in there. Starting to smell delicious. The woman said, you know, this would be delicious with some scraps of tofu in here. Does anybody have some tofu scraps in their house? Someone ran back to their house and said, yes, the herbivorous butcher brought us some tofu from their house in Minneapolis. Anybody else like to bring us some more, some more vegetables? And then, yes, keep bringing them in. We're putting all these vegetables in the pot. Mm, I can smell Can you smell it? Can you smell the soup we're making? Oh, my goodness. It smells amazing. It's so delicious. And would you like to dump the rest of the basket in for us? Take all these fruits and vegetables. Bring it up. We're putting them all in the pot. Sean, would you like to stir the pot for us? Would you like to go and stir our soup? Yum, yum, yum. Got to make sure it doesn't burn. Perfect. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Yay. We are stirring this soup. Great job. Making the soup together. (laughs) Amazing job. Good job, Sean. And now that the soup is made and stirred, the woman said, it's ready to eat. And there was enough not just for her. And not just for a couple people. There was enough soup for everybody who was there. All right, so we're passing out soup. We're all eating soup together. Show me. We're all eating soup. Yum. Some of us are tipping our bowls back. We're drinking from our bowls. We're all eating our soup, eating our soup. Yum, yum, yum. And just like Ashley said a couple weeks ago, there's so much left over. So now everybody brings out their Tupperwares. Everybody gets soup and Tupperwares. They bring their Tupperwares home. There is so much soup. Nobody is hungry. So at the end, we made soup, that's exactly right. And at the end, the woman, the soup is empty, all that's left are the stones that she brought. She packs up her stones, very safely extinguishes the fire. She puts the pot back in her bag and she wanders on her way. Where do we think she's going next? Where's she going after this? St. Paul, yeah, she's going to St. Paul. That's exactly right. She's gonna do, that's exactly right. She's gonna do the. She's gonna do the exact same thing in St. Paul. So here's my question: Do you think she knew what was gonna happen when she started making the soup? You think she knew? You think she didn't know? You think she'd ever done this before? Probably, Probably had done it before. Do you think the same thing happened the last time? Yeah. I think she had a guess. You think she had a guess of what? I think that's smart. She likely had a guess. Maybe she'd done it before. And what do we learn from this? Could any of those people have made this soup on their own? No. Why not? Yeah, we needed the peach. (laughs) Why not? Why couldn't anyone have made it on their own? Because Because no one wanted to share their food. food. That's exactly right. Someone could have made a one-carrot soup or a one-eggplant soup, but it wouldn't have been this delicious, fragrant, aromatic soup that we all made together. And what we learned from this story is that together, we can do things we could never do on our own. Together right here, right here at First Universalist Church, we can do things together that we could never do on our own. We all, every Sunday, every time we come to church, we bring our own ingredients and we build this soup together, okay? So through the rest of the service, we're going to have other times to contribute to this own soup and to share in our broader community. We're going to leave this right here as a reminder that this soup is for all of us. It feeds us all. We are nourished together in community. Thank you for helping me tell this story, and you can head back to your seats. Thank you.
4: We just asked the youth amongst us and some of the young at heart to come and contribute to the creation of this soup that we make together. But we also know that it needs all of us to create the soup to feed each of us. As you were coming in, I hope you grabbed a little piece of paper and a pencil. If you didn't, it's okay. We'll we'll roll with that. But if you did, thank you, Trina, I invite you to take a minute to write down on that piece of paper a gift that you bring to this congregation in about two minutes members of our youth leadership team are going to be coming down the aisles to collect these gifts from you, and they will be added to the soup that we create together. So you all, in a way, are the seasoning. You are the spiciness of our congregation. So what is the contribution? What is the gift that you bring? What is the spice that is yours? that flavors our congregational life together. So let's see what, uh, what some of these ingredients are. You all have been so incredibly generous with these ingredients. Um, what do we have? My bumbles and fumbles. Our friendship. Unitarian Universalism is in my bones. Labor. Fundness. Thank you. Authenticity. Openness. Do some of you want to read some of these? I give you an online one? Yeah. yeah, give me an online one. Do you want to read that into the mic?
5: Listening with love and attention. Do
4: you want to put that in there? What's in there? I don't know.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Song, community, my compassion, 3D printed owl fidgets and fries. Whoa.
4: I don't know which one I want more.
5: A smile. A joy, delight in teaching owl.
4: Do you want to put those in there? Thank you.
5: Passion, deep commitment to care for and work towards community.
4: Oh my goodness, there's even more carties. I bring up in the hope
5: and love. Thank you for going up there.
4: Thank you, Astrid. We should read some of those.
5: A friendly smile. Okay. Hand me the ones from here?
4: From the Balcony? Okay.
5: Money. Okay. Working with Kate Tucker's sermons to liberate myself with others. Kindness. Humor. Time greeting, ushering, and I bring friends and family. <laughs> a greet with a smile and chalice light.
4: Aw, thank you. Let's
5: put them all in the pot. We'll mix up.
4: Thank you for all of the many gifts that you bring, the things that you contribute that season our congregational life together.
1: Hi, everybody. These folks are going to stay here for a second. We're about to do some blessings where you get to participate in offering your blessings for some folks in our community. I have found in my year and a half or so of being here that when one uses a, quote, religious word, one should um, define said word. So I'm going to define said blessing word to let all your blood pressure come down. It's going to be OK. Um, this, is a, this is a definition from uh, philosopher and uh, writer John O'Donohue. A blessing is a circle of love drawn around a person to protect, heal, and strengthen. Regardless of how we configure the eternal, the human heart continues to dream of a state of wholeness. So to invoke a blessing is to call some of that wholeness upon a person. It is not the invention of what is not there, nor the glazed-eye belief that innocent energy of goodwill can alter what is destructive. Blessing is a more robust and grounded presence. Its force can transform what is deadlocked, numbed, and inevitable. When you bless someone, you literally call the force of their infinite self into action. Cool with that? (laughs) All right. All right, so now we get to do some blessings. Blessing number one. Allison, will you introduce this one?
2: I am not only willing, but enthusiastic to introduce a few of the members of our youth leadership team. Up here, we have Rasana, Bobby, and Neela. Not (laughs) yeah. (laughs) who so brilliantly collected your offerings. Not here, we also have Ben, Isla, Joe, Max, and Willa, who were not able to join, along with our fabulous advisor, Caitlin, who's here. Where's Caitlin? Caitlin was here. If you see Caitlin around, tell her that you're so grateful to her for being one of our advisors for our youth leadership team. This group of young people has played a big role in determining what we do in our senior high youth group this year. They also were a huge help for our Christmas pageant, They're working to help Plan Youth Sunday and the senior high overnight. They give input about what we should and shouldn't bring to youth, ways that youth should and shouldn't be involved. And let me tell you, they have great ideas for what we should do as a whole, as a congregation. We are so, so lucky and blessed to have the youth leadership team at First Universalist Church. So another
1: round of applause. Thank you. All right, so warm up your blessing hands. This is how we make tangible the ineffable energy of our love. And we're going to raise them towards these folks. And I dare you to just receive. And I will begin and close us and invite you to pop corn up your words of blessing too. You most awesome humans, whom we are embarrassing right now. We shower you with love and strength and solidarity. We call forth your most fierce and real leadership. We hope for your joy and laughter. And we bless your continued leadership of this church. What do you offer community as words of blessing for them? Power. Confidence. Good humor in conflict. (laughs) conflict. Thank you, Pastor Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Courage. Open hearts. hearts. Encourage you to question us. (laughs) Fabulous outfits, togetherness. (laughs) (laughs) Love. Love. Authenticity. I'm just gonna let you all just shout him out. <laughs> Woohoo! Good closers. I think tomato soup recipe all here. Tomato soup. What else? Fun. Mmm. Word is never like medicine. The
3: ability
1: to pay space. Yes, take up some space. May it be so. May we make it so. Amen. Okay, so that was your warm-up round, y'all. Allison Kamlitz, will you come forward, please? So we don't do enough celebrating around here. So we're going to celebrate Allison right now and also send Allison on her way. Allison is traveling to the Philippines with the Foundation for Philippine Medical Missions this week to provide free medical services to in-need communities there. She will be doing ultrasounds. Isn't that cool? (laughs) All right, now we get to embarrass lovingly Allison with an abundance of blessings for this trip. Allison, we hold you in care and safety and calm as you journey into this space of offering living blessing through medical care. What do you offer to Allison as she travels forth? Go, knowing we hold you in our hearts and give thanks for all you will do and come home safe to us all right now you're really warmed up for our last one this morning Amelia are you ready to come forward this is Amelia one of our new members who's am I allowed to say what birthday it was What? am I allowed to say which birthday you just had sure <laughs> Amelia just had her 30th birthday this week Amelia is doing incredible work organizing teachers right now, making sure all of our kids have a well-funded and safe place to be in the world, to learn. But that's not even what our blessing is about this morning. Our blessing is because Amelia walks through the world carrying the gorgeousness and the vulnerability of being a trans woman coming into a new decade of her life. Yes, in a time when it can feel like a crime to exist so gloriously. In this world where the rate, the life expectancy of trans women is so frighteningly low, Allison reached out to me, Amelia reached out to me, we already did Allison, and said, I feel scared. How can we hold this together? So we are finding lots of ways to hold this together. One of the ways is that we get to hold Amelia in our collective love and remind her that no matter what people are trying to legislate, we see the divine glory of her being made exactly as she is walking through the world. Let us bless Amelia now with our words for this next decade of fierce femme-fabulousness. Yeah. Can I put my hand in the
3: Yeah, absolutely. Joy. Safety. Community. Say joy. Grace. Beauty. Connection. Primes. Ancestors. Hope. Oh. Solidarity. Friends. Resilience.
0: Resilience. Community,
3: happiness,
5: new friendships, beauty, courage, cute
2: outfits, <laughs> as many moments of joy as you can contain,
3: romance, <laughs> <Go> <laughs> 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 laughter. Mommy, <laughs> baba
1: Amelia, wherever you go, may you carry our love and blessings and return always safely home to us to remind you of your infinite power and beauty. May it be so. Amen. Happy birthday. So you guys just got to learn the secret of being a pastor. You get to do the blessings, but you receive so much blessing in doing so, right? To give is to receive, to stir the soup. That was so much fun, I lost track of where we are. (laughs) To give is to receive, it's offering time. That's what time it is. I want to say that um, we have a very special someone giving our offering testimonial today. How many of you have met Janet Merrill? Yes. If you have not, you will have ample opportunity because she is everywhere in this church, making everything happen. She um, sits on a very large Zoom screen during all of our board meetings, just bearing witness Some might say keeping watch to make sure we're not getting into too much trouble, but generally holding us in love, keeping us honest with ourselves and with each other, and generally um, being a living saint of this church. Janet, I want to invite you up to offer your testimonial.
6: I'm Janet Merrill, and I'm a member of the Stewardship Committee. 13 years ago, my husband and I moved to Minneapolis to be near our family. We had been members for 33 years in a small lay congregation in Bismarck, North Dakota. We loved our little congregation and considered it a light on the prairie. By the way, John Cummins helped start that congregation while he was a minister here. We knew we wanted to go to a UU church when we moved here. When I came to First Universalist Church, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. (laughs) There were real ministers. (laughs) trained RE leaders, and paid staff. All things a small congregation cannot afford. Over the years, I have done many things here. I felt, found helping families with a memorial reception very rewarding. Last year, I was a mentor for a delightful young woman in the coming of age program. It was amazing how these young people explored their values and were able to articulate them. I wished my children had had those opportunities. This year, I'm attending a small group ministry led by the ministers. We're all in our 80s, exploring what is it like to be in the last decade of your life. I think this church helps me be the person I wanna be. It helps me decide what are my values and provides opportunities for me to act on them. My husband, is on the environmental justice team. And by the way, they insisted that we have the solar panels when we did our big uh, remodeling. I think that people spend their money where their values are. And this congregation depends on congregational financial support. My husband and I have decided that we will double our pledge this year. I know everybody can't do that, but I hope you will think, what does this church mean to you and pledge as generously as you can? Thank you.
1: Thank you, Janet. There are pledge packets out in the uh, entryway to the sanctuary. We encourage you to pick up on your way out. And as you peruse your lovely packet, we invite you to just reflect on what you have received, how you have grown, and what are you feeling called to give. A number of us will be reaching out to try to connect with as many of you as possible about your spiritual practice of giving and what you need and what you want to receive and grow this year. Um, Because we are a little bit large, we cannot actually talk to every single one of you. So if it would be of particular meaning to you to speak with one of us, please, please send me an email and let me know. And we will make that happen. I want to say one quick thank you for another offering this morning. These gorgeous flowers, sponsored by Marian Dane Bauer in honor of her son Peter and her grandson Connor, and put together by Martha Moriarty. Thank you, thank you. They are a beautiful tribute to beautiful lives. Let us receive our morning offering now. Amen.
4: When we gather for worship as a community, and many of us when we gather in private moments of stillness, we make time for a practice of meditation and prayer. As we move into this time, I invite you to put down what you're holding physically or metaphorically. Let your gaze be soft if that's comfortable for you. So just check in with your body and notice what you're feeling. When we pray together in community, we offer out loud in the chat or held in the silence of our hearts, what it is that we would like lifted up by this community, held by this community. It might be something that weighs heavily on our hearts. It might also be a joy, something that we want to share so that it is multiplied. As we give and receive this time of prayer, we receive the offerings of the congregation with the words, you are not alone, we are holding it together. The space is open for your prayers, your joys, your sorrows that you would like held in the embrace of the congregation this morning. We are holding it together. the wonder and joy of children's voices. You are not alone. We are holding it together. Families struggling with dementia. You are not alone. We are holding it together. We continue to hold Reverend Jen in love and care as she prepares for her father's memorial. On Monday at 1 o'clock Central Time in Maryland, you can join that service via the live stream. Reverend Jan and family, you are not alone. We are holding it together. And we hold all who loved Reverend Jan Eller Isaacs in prayer this week. Reverend Jan, longtime co senior minister at Unity Unitarian Church in St. Paul and beloved mentor to Reverend Jen, to myself and many others among us died earlier this week. You are not alone, we are holding it together. For all that has been named aloud, for all that has been named in the chat, for all that we hold in our hearts. May we know that we are not alone, that we hold all of this and so much more together. And may we sing Spirit of Life.
2: Here's a song that my wife and I will often sing together. You might know this song. It's called Hallelujah by Mamuse. It goes like this, every time I feel this way, this old familiar singing, I will lay down by the water, where the river will never run right. There are two parts to that song. The soprano part is the song that my wife sings when we're singing together. And the lower alto line is the one that I sing. But the part I just sang for you is the soprano line. And I sing it for you because I actually can't sing my part by myself. I don't know it by itself. I've never been able to sing my part alone. I can only sing when my wife sings her part because I find my notes based on what she's singing. In this small but significant way, I'm reminded of how much and how often we need each other. No community has taught me this lesson, the lesson of interdependence, more than the disability community. I have studied and witnessed the wisdom of interdependence, particularly powerfully from the queer and trans, black and brown, disabled leaders of the disability justice movement. Mia Mingus, who's a transracial disabled adoptee, and one of the founders of the disability justice movement describes interdependence like this. She says, as a disabled person, I am dependent on others to survive in this ableist society. I am interdependent in order to shift ableism into something that can be needed, molded, and added to the many tools we will need to transform the world. She continues, interdependency is not just me dependent on you. It is not you, the benevolent oppressor, deciding to help me. It is not just me who should be grateful for whatever I get. She continues, interdependency is both you and I and we. It is solidarity in the best sense of the word. It is inscribing community on our skin over and over again. It is truly moving together in an oppressive world towards liberation and refusing to let the personal be a scapegoat for the political. It is knowing that one organization, one student or community group is not a movement. It is working in coalition and collaboration. She concludes, because the truth is we need each other. We need each other. And every time we turn away from each other, we turn away from ourselves. As a disabled person myself, I practice interdependence, especially with and among my disability community. One of my favorite examples of such a practice began with a text from a dear friend and seminary classmate. She asked, can you help me get a COVID test today? This was early in 2021, before at-home tests were readily available, and she and I frequently accessed the same nearby COVID testing site. My friend is blind, and I have a propensity towards strong emotions. As such, we regularly depended on one another to navigate the ableism and sanism not only of our academic institution, but of the wider world. On this particular day, my blind friend needed a sighted guide to help her get to the COVID test site, and I needed someone who would be a steady, grounding presence and companion on what was a particularly emotionally challenging day for me. In that moment, neither of us, for entirely different reasons, could make it alone. We needed each other, and we turned towards each other, as Mia Mingus would say. Interdependence is like this. We walk each other to our COVID tests. We cook each other comfort food. We soak in each other's bathtubs to ease our chronic pain. We play with each other's children during therapy appointments. Interdependence is me singing with my wife, not knowing the alto part on my own. Interdependence is dropping my nieces off at daycare and kindergarten on Fridays, while their parents bring a stay quill when we have COVID. Interdependence is brightening someone's day with a phone call, while they, in turn, keep you company on your walk home with their storytelling. Interdependence is sharing your special interest with someone who cannot access that information otherwise. We are practicing interdependence in real time in this service today, a service of offerings, offering vegetables to our stone soup, offering... Our gifts and uniqueness as ingredients for our shared nourishment. Seasoning, not spices, because we're in Minnesota. We've offered blessings to youth and adults and travelers. We've offered the tenderness of our hearts to hold together. We've offered our voices and song in response. We've offered our financial gifts. And we offer our very presence in this space, virtual and in person, as witnesses to the possibility of community. We also practice interdependence for the long haul through our stewardship campaign. We remember that we are interdependent with this congregation. We both support and are supported by our shared, radical, love rooted, liberation minded ministry and community. We say often that here at First Universalist, we give, receive, and grow. Did you hear that? We give and receive. Just this week, I met with a congregant who told me a story about how when she and her family were experiencing a mold crisis, this church bought mattresses for her and her children so that they could sleep safely. I talked with another member who shared with, in her life with children, this congregation has supported her and her family financially with food and meals through not one but multiple child hospitalizations. You have done this for our families, for our members for people who take place in this congregation. This week I've also heard from a family with young kids who committed to increasing their year in pledge to offer that same sort of support to other families. I've talked with members of our children, youth, and family advisory team, who this year are increasing their gifts not only of financial support, but also of time volunteered in our children, youth, and families program because they know the life-changing education and formation that we can provide our young people when we fund and staff our programs fully. Stewardship at church is not the price of admission. We don't give because we get something. It's not insurance. We don't give in case we need something. It's not transactional. We don't give only when or if we get what we want. Stewardship at church is neither rooted in shame nor in ownership. We don't give because we're forced to, and we don't give so we can force others. At church, at least at our church, we give because we believe that we can do together what we cannot do alone. We give because we would rather eat a delicious, vegetable, fragrant soup than eat our carrot alone in a closet. (laughs) We believe that it takes all of us, our shared time and finances and creativity and leadership to make the world a better place, and we believe in doing that with the people in this room, on this Zoom, and in this congregation. We practice stewardship at church because we practice interdependence because we resist the white supremacist lie that any of us can do anything alone. Because it's just not true. It has never been true. And we tell the truth at church. Interdependence here and everywhere else is neither a charity nor a checkbook. It's rather love and care given liberally without requirement of reciprocity or balance. Interdependence here and everywhere is a fundamental and truly radical belief that there is enough. There is enough relationship, enough support, enough resources, enough community, and enough care. Interdependence is a need for survival, for disabled people and abled people alike, absolutely. And it is also a miracle. It is a moment where we can glimpse, honestly, our own limitations and trust deeply that we can get the support we need. It is a blessing and a gift and a true witness of goodness in this world to practice interdependence with you in the service of offerings and far beyond. I am anchored firmly and confidently in the knowledge that here in this beloved community, we give and receive. Here we practice interdependence. Here we reject the lie of individualism. Here we are rooted in the achievable miracle of stone soup. Alone, none of us can eat. And together, none of us can go hungry. Alone, none of us can eat. And together, none of us can go hungry. May we create that world together. May it be so. And amen. So now we're going to close with our final offering of the day, and this is an offering of song. The song we're about to lead is This Joy by Shirley Caesar, and this comes from the black church tradition. I know it through the work of Resistance Revival Chorus, You Might Also. This is a black zipper song. I'll teach you a little bit more about how it's going to work in a minute, but I want to be clear that just as we're interdependent with each other in this room, we need each other. We also need the wisdom and the beauty of art of cultural traditions that may not be our own. And when we practice borrowing from, appreciating other cultural traditions, we do so with humility, with accountability, and with respect. So as we participate in this song together, we honor where it came from. We honor our cultural relatedness to this art form, and we appreciate the beauty that comes to us in many forms. We'll sing this song, This Joy That I Have. We'll start a couple of verses, and you are going to help me decide what we're singing for the last couple verses of this song. This is the final offering that we are giving and receiving each other today. I invite you to stand as you are comfortable, and we will sing This Joy. again. Give me something. This peace, here we go. This peace, this peace
3: that I have. The world didn't give it to me. This peace that I have. The world didn't give it to me.
2: This peace that I have. The world didn't give it to me. Oh no, the world didn't give it to me. The world world can't take it away. One more word. This thing. Here we go.
4: As you prepare to go forth, there are two things that I want you to know. The first is that if you are new to this congregation and would like to learn more, A Place to Start is happening right after this service. It will gather right here and then proceed back to the chancel room back there, a very cozy room with comfy chairs, in which you can learn more about this church and more about Unitarian Universalism. Know this too. Know that there is enough. Know this in your bones. And knowing that there is enough, may you give. May you receive. May you experience all of the blessings that come when we know that alone none of us can eat and that together none of us can go hungry. May you be blessed. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you've been comforted or inspired by this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org to make your gift. We'd love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.